0: everyone and welcome to episode 28 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on June 8th, 2021. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Brian DeBruin, the Director of Operations for the Colorado Hydrogen Network. In the podcast today, we're going to talk about an initiative to launch green hydrogen ecosystems across North America called deal And here today to give us the full briefing on deal is Janice Lynn, who's both the founder and CEO of the company Stratogen, as well as the president of the Green Hydrogen Coalition. Janice, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Brian. It's great to be here today. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, we're so glad to have you and appreciate your time to do this. So, you know, I should mention that Long-time listeners to the Hydrogen Nowcast may be familiar with the Green Hydrogen Coalition because in the September 18, 2020 episode, Laura Nelson, the Executive Director of the Green Hydrogen Coalition, was on the podcast. Now, the Green Hydrogen Coalition is an initiative of Stratagen. And Janice, since you're the founder of both organizations, there's no one better to give us an overview of Stratagen and the Green Hydrogen Coalition and what the missions are of both organizations.
1: Sure. happy to address that. So um, first of all, Stratagen, we're a services company headquartered in Northern California. And the name Stratagen comes from a Native American saying that you need to plan not for your next generation, but seven generations down the line. So um, Stratagen comes from that philosophy and we're a mission-driven company. And our mission is to transform energy systems to empower And sustain all future generations. Consistent with that mission, we founded the Green Hydrogen Coalition about a year and a half ago in October of 2019. And uh, the Green Hydrogen Coalition or GHC was founded with the same mission, this idea that we need to up our game in our fight against climate change and really help accelerate energy system transformation. The specific mission of the GHC is to facilitate policies and practices to advance green hydrogen production and use at scale in all sectors where we can accelerate a carbon-free energy system.
0: Well, coincidentally, the Green Hydrogen Coalition and the Colorado Hydrogen Network both started about the same time, but I've I've been so impressed with the amount of work that uh, the Green Hydrogen Coalition has accomplished. And I think that's probably reflected in how well staffed you are. Would you like to tell us just a little bit about maybe the staff and the structure and the board and maybe some of the expertise you have uh, working with the organization?
1: Yeah. And uh, first of all, Brian, I just want to say how delightful it's been to collaborate with you and the Colorado Hydrogen Network One of our core philosophies at the GHC and at Stratagen is that, you know, the fastest pathway to progress is through collaboration and um, making progress happen faster through teamwork. So yeah, we have an amazing team and the GHC isn't the first nonprofit that we founded. So Stratagen has uh, founded and operates to this day two other mission-driven nonprofits the first was the California Energy Storage Alliance, which was the first organized advocacy group to represent energy storage in the power sector. And uh, it's, it's now lauded as a model trade group, uh, trade association, nonprofit in California. And through that initiative, we had the pleasure of starting, operating, founding, governing, uh, and being involved in all the market developments for energy storage in the power sector. You know, more than a decade, I would say. So we started that one a long time ago. Our next nonprofit was the Vehicle Grid Integration Council, which advocates for EVs, electric vehicles, which are pretty much batteries on wheels, as a strategic grid resource. So how can the available storage capacity on a car not only help ensure zero emission transportation, but through smart charging and also vehicle-to-grid, vehicle-to-building applications provide value and services to the electric power sector in general. And so the GHC is is our third nonprofit initiative initiative It's a little different in that the other two are 501c6 trade associations, but the GHC is founded as an educational, mission-driven nonprofit. And part of the reason we're able to crank out so much work and hit the ground running, so to speak, is we do have this amazing team that has the benefit of working on these other two nonprofits for more than a decade. And that team includes skills in certainly nonprofit governance in stakeholder outreach, marketing, promotion, PR, education, stakeholder education, and certainly very deep policy and regulatory expertise as well.
0: Well, I learned something new. I didn't even know about the other two uh, nonprofit organizations that were set up. So glad to hear about that. And that does explain why, as you say, the Green Hydrogen Coalition really hit the ground running. Well, uh, after all, we were getting together today to talk about uh, High Deal. So we ought to uh, switch over to that. So why don't we start with you explaining maybe just the fundamental idea and kind of the purpose of High Deal?
1: First, a little story about how I personally Um, became interested in green hydrogen. To be honest, the first time I'd heard about green hydrogen was right around the time we were founding the California Energy Storage Alliance. So this was really early, maybe 2010, really a long time ago. We were just getting started with storage. And I hosted a, a scientist from Fraunhofer, which is you know, sort of the leading uh, clean, you know, one of the leading clean energy institutes in Germany. And the um, scientist came to my office in Berkeley and he said, you know, I, I want to talk to you about this vision of multi-sectoral decarbonization. It's called Power to X. And someday we are going to use abundant, unlimited wind and solar, to split water, le- electrolyze water, create hydrogen, you know, renewable hydrogen. And that hydrogen is going to displace natural gas in the gas pipeline. And we're going to be converting our pipelines to hydrogen. And that hydrogen can be used to decarbonize not only the power sector, but transportation applications, industry, uh, someday even aviation. And, you know, this was in 2010. And I think we are just gearing up to help Uh, advocate for, you know, the world's first energy storage legislation. It was really early. I mean, at this time, when you would talk to key folks in the energy sector about storage, you know, sometimes they would say, how many megabytes is that? So this was um, very early. And I remember after this meeting, thinking to myself, wow, that is a big vision. And that is really out there. And boy, but that is the kookiest thing I've ever heard you know, at the time, wind and solar was, you know, still quite expensive and we were just getting started with storage. Well, dial the clock forward and maybe about eight years later, storage had made a tremendous amount of progress from a market development standpoint. It was starting to be incorporated in the power sector and wind and solar had really taken off and, and was now very low cost. And we were talking about very high penetration of renewable electricity in the power sector, as much as 80, 90, maybe hundred percent. And so in 2016, we asked a very simple question, which is what kind of storage are we going to need at a hundred percent? You know, a very high penetration of low cost intermittent renewables. And a quick analysis of the uh, California system data showed that looking throughout the year, we would need multi-day weekly and ultimately seasonal storage and after analyzing it we said wow you know we don't have the right portfolio of technologies the largest most bulk storage solution we had in our portfolio at the time in california was pumped hydro and compressed air and that wasn't bulk enough so i started looking around realized that green hydrogen and i remember this conversation from dr starner from fraunhofer from years ago And I realized that in the years that had passed, like Germany and all these countries around the world were making so much progress on green hydrogen. And I I realized that this was going to be a very commercially viable, technologically not risky, you know, it's like doable. pathway to very large-scale bulk storage. And then I realized that the rest of the world was making lots of progress. And it was kind of like in this succession within a three-week period. And then I realized, wow, there, there's actually companies out there that are commercializing turbines that can combust natural gas and green hydrogen. And boy, that's a big-scale application. And if we can figure out how to use green hydrogen as a storage solution for the power sector and really scale it and repurpose existing infrastructure like gas pipelines and thermal gas turbines. We have a shot at really driving down cost because just like with solar and wind and batteries, some of these technologies are really, po- which have been around and commercially available for decades, are poised to scale and get a whole lot cheaper. Now we have a shot to produce green hydrogen at large scale build the infrastructure we need and very rapidly decarbonize multiple sectors so i you know i for years i talked about energy storage as a game changer well hydrogen and green hydrogen is a super game changer in our fight against climate change and that's when we decided to launch the GHC Um, which was, as I mentioned, finally launched in the fall of 2019. And I tell you all these stories because the the fundamental premise of the GHC and what we're doing is that we have all the know-how and technology that we need commercially available right now. I mean, truly, we can do this. We can get green hydrogen. We know there are no technological barriers. The barrier is how do you scale And that's directly tied to your market design. And so that is the ethos of the GHC. How do we go faster? How do we scale? That's why in our mission, it's to scale production and use. And that's what High Deal is all about. Uh, High Deal is our commercialization initiative to sort of break through this chicken and egg problem of how do you get the cost down by scaling? And that's a function of market design. And so high deal is all about aggregating large offtakers, multi-sectoral offtakers to build up concentrated demand in targeted geographies to achieve low delivered cost. We're targeting $1.50 per kilogram delivered by 2030. And we can do this in strategically targeted locations at the same time creating the high volume supply chain and infrastructure, transport and storage infrastructure necessary to achieve that low delivered cost. So it's in the ethos about what the GHC is all about. I mean, we do a lot of other things, but High Deal specifically is our commercialization initiative.
0: Well, you know, you're absolutely right. And one of the things I found so attractive about High Deal is this whole idea of trying to develop both the supply and the demand together, but not only that, to scale them together. You know, it does no good to create a huge amount of hydrogen if you don't have demand and you can't create a huge amount of demand without the supply. So they have to be done together. And, you know, I I was interested to hear your story about uh, Doc Starner and uh, all the way back in 2010, I think he realized that trying to electrify everything is not the only answer. There's a lot of things electricity can do, the wind and solar electricity, but there's things it can't do. And that's where hydrogen comes in. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused. They don't understand that the electricity from wind and solar and hydrogen are like two sides of the same coin and they're complementary. And there's cases where you need hydrogen because you need storability or you need portability, like for transportation where you can transfer a huge amount of energy very quickly by just filling a tank and so forth. So that's uh he was very insightful to, uh, Understand that back way back in 2010. So I understand that High Deal is modeled after a project called High Deal Ambition in Europe, which I understand was actually founded by one of the Green Hydrogen Coalition board members, uh, Terry Leperk. Uh, and by the way, listeners, you should consider reading Terry's book called "Hydrogen Is the New Oil." I know you can get that on Amazon. So, Janice, are you uh, relying a lot on the? deal Ambition for the modeling here, or um, was that just an inspiration, or how did that work?
1: So I've known Thierry for many, many years, and um, I've been watching what he's doing in Europe with Deal Ambition. And I, I always say that imitation is the best form of flattery, and uh, what he has done with other Deal consortium members in Europe is nothing short of amazing. And it's, it's pretty much the, the same model as <laughs> we are imitating it here. And the idea is to aggregate multi-sectoral off-takers in a targeted location to build the competitive supply chain necessary to achieve scale as fast as possible. Terry got started with High Deal Ambition a little more than a year ago, and uh, their experience uh, were really benefiting from that work here in North America, we have a lot of lessons learned about their approach. We have modified the approach a bit, of course, here for North America, but uh, you know the underlying commercially driven approach, the modeling approach. You know we can't use the model from Europe. We're building a new model here, but many of the assumptions we can use as starting points. In in Europe, the uh, gas transmission operators, the gas TSOs, um, I would say in general are further along in thinking through how to create a pan-European hydrogen backbone. So they had that benefit. And so we're catching up quick on this end with a couple of very progressive gas utilities who are involved in Hydeal. And of course, obviously, we borrowed their name because we liked (laughs) the approach so much. And the other thing I haven't mentioned that Thierry incorporated into Hydeal Ambition, was it's not just a modeling effort at looking at the off-takers and where you would produce it. The effort is very commercially driven in that one of the stated goals of the effort is to design, identify, and structure the term sheets, the high-level terms that need to be agreed to by various counterparties in this ecosystem. Because Remember, no one's ever done this before. So, you know, they uh, did a great job in thinking through deal structure, who are the counterparties, and importantly, getting this diverse group of ecosystem stakeholders to agree in principle on what those high level terms and conditions need to be. So that once the uh, system design and architecture of the entire ecosystem is done, they can very rapidly and quickly move to procurement. Because remember, the whole goal of this is accelerate progress. We have to go faster. So we're incorporating a lot of those lessons learned. In fact, for High North America, we've recruited the team that worked on High Deal Ambition. Um, so we have the same law firm, the same industrial plan and economics modeling firm, uh, and the same investment bank that worked on the funding work stream. Now, we've combined those stakeholders with North American counterparts and a couple of weeks ago, we announced for the High Deal North America platform, our first strategic initiative, which is centered around Los Angeles. It's called High Deal LA. And that's the focus of our first work. Um, couple innovations we did for High Deal Los Angeles uh, slash North America is the High Deal Ambition effort in the beginning did not incorporate a policy and regulatory work stream. So we have added that as part of our core foundational work. And uh, they didn't add the investment banking and funding work stream till later, but we're incorporating that work stream from the beginning. Uh, And then I'd say the final thing is we have a um, really active stakeholder outreach and educational effort underway, which is just an outgrowth of the GHC's normal work. So those are the key differences. And we're very thankful to Thierry and the High Deal Ambition team, boy, the, the know how and lessons learned—it's to see it in action. It's nothing short of awesome.
0: Boy, that's fantastic! And you know, it's it's interesting that things started in Europe because um, I know on one of the um, Energy Gang podcasts, I think it was uh, Jigger Shaw who said, you know, really things seem to happen first in Europe, and then the U.S. kind of waits to see how it goes and kind of learn from that, and then try to do that here in in the U.S. So I guess that kind of proves his point. So uh, High Deal Los Angeles is the first initiation or whatever of High Deal in America. Is the plan to then start taking this maybe to other cities or other regions?
1: That's the idea. So High Deal LA is our first initiative, and it's a perfect first initiative for a number of reasons. One, we are blessed with um, real leadership in LA around green hydrogen. You may have heard of the LA-100 and the goal to achieve 100% clean energy. Um, Mayor Garcetti (laughs) just accelerated the target. And uh, and LA has been a key stakeholder in the conversion of Intermountain Power Project, which is a coal plant in central Utah that is being converted to 100% a green hydrogen turbine. And so LA is uh, one stakeholder in that plant and one of the largest offtakers. So they've demonstrated leadership there. And uh, at the center of high deal LA are multiple multi-sectoral offtakers, but uh, Los Angeles Department of Water and Power is certainly one of the largest because they have a number of in-basin, generating facilities that are going to be converted to green hydrogen. So uh, the other reason that LA is very attractive is uh, it's one area in California that has a lot of industrial activity. So um, there are many other very large potential offtakers. It uh, is host to the largest maritime port in North America. So we're envisioning utilizing large volumes of green hydrogen to someday, hopefully sooner the better, convert uh, maritime shipping from diesel and bunker fuel to green hydrogen uh, or de- green hydrogen um, derived synthetic fuels. We have multiple airports, more fueling station, hydrogen fueling stations, I think than any other county in the country. And of course, you know, this whole region, the the Southwest is just blessed with abundant renewable feedstocks to produce the green hydrogen. So it's an advantage from that regard. And uh, someday we're hoping um, to leverage those resources to be an export center. You know, this this could, the Port of LA could be an export terminal for green hydrogen, domestically produced green hydrogen to be exported to energy hungry nations like Japan, South Korea. And Hawaii. Hawaii is on the (laughs) way. Oh, and last reason, it's home to the 2028 Olympics. So what better timing to uh, focus on this?
0: You know, as I'm I'm listening to this, I'm I'm thinking that there may be people out there, and I'm almost asking this question for myself, that are thinking, gosh, I'd like to try to get high deal going where I am. And I know that the... um, Green Hydrogen Coalition is all about education and so forth. Is there much opportunity yet for um, those of us in other locations to maybe uh, try to learn from what's happening with High Deal in Los Angeles and try to start applying that uh, other places?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's our intention to put our high-level findings out in the public domain. Again, the goal of this effort was to accelerate progress, and we can always use more champions Right? Like at the end of the day, what matters is the combined efforts of each of us to make a difference. And my recommendation is to start with the off takers. If you have a group of willing off takers, we can find a way to produce, deliver, and store low cost green hydrogen.
0: Okay. Excellent advice. All right. Um, It seems like I had heard somewhere that one of the aspects of high deal was around. uh, job creation. So talking about uh, what's called today just transition, which is transitioning people from uh, occupations that are going away because of the energy transition to something else. And then social equity, meaning that um, certain uh, social strata of society aren't unfairly bearing the burden of the energy transition. Is that one of the focuses of high deal to, to pay attention to just transition and social equity?
1: Oh, absolutely, and it's in the DNA of the GHC, and and for that reason, I think the port of LA is a great target location of focus. We have power plants there that are there are six oil refineries because of the port of LA. There's thousands of diesel trucks that enter and leave the port every day. It's uh, the communities that live there have. Um, uh, you know, suffered from the air quality impacts of <laughs> all of these industrial uses. And green hydrogen holds the promise of mitigating a lot of those emissions. Imagine if all of those diesel trucks were converted to fuel cell trucks. That would dramatically improve the local air in that area. Imagine if the maritime ships that sail the ocean on bunker fuel were switched over to a cleaner fuel. They were uh, switched over to green hydrogen. California has established targets for phasing out combustion engines in uh, road transport. And we have six oil refineries today in in Los Angeles, and those refineries can serve a very useful purpose in the future. Instead of refining fossil fuels, they could be refining synthetic fuels to serve our airports and these ships. They could be producing green hydrogen and compressing it and storing it and figuring out how to export it for long-distance travel to other countries. When you think about the infrastructure that's located in the center of the United States where we're blessed with like a lot of renewable energy, the Intermountain Power Project is a coal plant that has a very bright future. This plant is being converted to a hydrogen turbine. It sits on top of the largest salt dome formation in the western United States. This is, uh, I think, an interesting potential future hub of energy resiliency for the country. Uh, We've always stored barrels of oil for energy resiliency. Well, now with our local resources, our rock formation, our salt dome formation, we can store vast quantities of locally produced renewable energy too. And development of that infrastructure, converting these power plants to be able to use 100% hydrogen, um, building out the pipeline infrastructure to... Very cost-effectively transport the hydrogen from areas of low-cost production to areas of demand, building out the fueling stations to refuel hydrogen-fueled trucks and buses, and uh, certainly building the infrastructure itself to store it. All of these opportunities represent skilled jobs that are, are going to be created that uh, I think uh, present a really bright future for the American economy.
0: Absolutely. You know, this is such an exciting time. I mean, my sense is this is going to just take off so fast once the groundwork is laid and, and the plans are set. Well, I think, Janice, we ought to probably start wrapping this up. Uh, you can add anything else you, you want to, but let's, uh, we should tell the listeners how they can find out more about high deal. And also maybe they want to consider becoming involved as supporting partners or, or maybe even funding the work.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that question, Brian. Um, so we have all this information is on the GHC's website. So it's, uh, www.ghcoalition.org. Um, We have a separate webpage for High Deal North America to explain the platform. We have another webpage specifically for High Deal Los Angeles. We have an amazing group of supporting partners, such as Colorado Hydrogen Network, and, uh, uh, and advisors as well. This work is entirely funded through charitable donations from our supporters, so we always welcome additional funding. I think our... Ability to do more is directly a function of the funding we can raise. So the website's the best place. And also on our website, we have really a a pretty good list of educational materials. Uh, You can download the Green Hydrogen Guidebook for free, which is an overview of green hydrogen, (laughs) sort of a handbook of everything you wanted to know about green hydrogen. We'll be updating that guidebook uh, probably in the coming couple months and reissuing it. We also, on a regular basis, conduct public webinars that are recorded. There are webinars about HIDEAL and a whole bunch of topics. They're all recorded, and and any of your listeners can log in and and, uh, take advantage of that content free of charge. As an example, if you're interested to learn more about the European Hydrogen Backbone Network, our last webinar, which was, I think, a couple weeks ago, featured Daniel Muthman, who's the head of policy and communications at OGE, which is a Germany's largest gas TSO. And Daniel also serves as the lead coordinator for the uh, European Hydrogen Backbone Network. And uh, we also had Thierry on that same uh, webinar to uh, talk about Hydeal ambition. So that would be a good one if you're curious um, about what's happening in Europe and, and the roots of hydeal North America.
0: Well, thanks, Janice. I really want to encourage the listeners to go to the Green Hydrogen Coalition website. Again, it's uh, ghcoalition.org. We'll get you there. You don't necessarily have to put the www in there, but you can. But uh, Janice, I just want to thank you so much for being here. This has been an incredibly interesting conversation, and I know how (laughs) amazingly busy you are. So thank you for taking the time to talk with our listeners today.
1: Thank you. And I um, just want to appreciate you, Brian. I think uh, what you're doing in Colorado is just incredible. Thank you for your leadership and for doing this podcast. I think a huge part about making change happen faster is education and it's reaching out. And if even one person on this podcast is inspired to make a difference in clean energy, well, you know, you've just changed the world a little bit, but a little bit and a little bit adds up to a lot.
0: Well, it does. And and, that, uh, and and thank you for those compliments, Janice. really appreciate that. But I, I, I'd like to conclude the show today with a quote from uh, the anthropologist Margaret Mead. Uh, I think it's really appropriate. And she said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.